We're simply ridding society of killers that would be caught and sentenced anyway if our courts worked properly. We began with the criminals that the people know so that our actions would be understood. It's not just a question of whether or not to use violence. There simply is no other way, Inspector. You, of all people, should understand that. Either you're for us or you're against us. I'm afraid you've misjudged me. Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are continuing to hold down the fort with uh, the second Dirty Harry movie, Magnum Force. This is a 1973 film directed by Ted Post. The screenplay is by John Milius and Michael, I think it's Samino. I'm not quite sure how his name is pronounced, so if I got it wrong, I apologize. Um, Adam can correct me if he happens to know. And the... uh, I'm not going to correct you. Okay. So the and the the plot of this movie is uh, Inspector Dirty Harry Callahan is on the trail of a vigilante police force who are not above uh, going beyond the law to kill the city's undesirables. Uh, again, it's Clint Eastwood playing Dirty Harry, and uh, uh, this time around we have Hal Holbrook as uh, the lieutenant, and we have a number of new rookie officers in the mix, and you know uh, they introduce a new partner for Harry, as well as a new love interest and a new best friend, kind of, that uh, I don't think was in the first movie, unless he made a, unless he made a very brief appearance and like they expanded on the character. But I don't recall. Him yeah, coming up. I was I was wondering, too. I was like, does he show up in an office scene and they like say hi to each other? Was he so? Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't actually place this character. Yeah, they, they, I mean, because because they have other characters that are more established, established, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, uh, like, you know, like what is it? De Giorgio and people like that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So anyways, you know, the 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 basic plot is almost it's almost a spin off of the first Dirty Harry where he's gets into vigilante territory and um, and. This movie presents Harry dealing with a vigilante force within the police force, which I think is based off of, they mentioned it in the movie, but I think it was actually the script was based off of uh, the Brazilian death squads that, uh, you know, those were the things that inspired the concept. Um, and so he's, you know, it's sort it's sort of a, a, they're sort of moving the character in a different direction, I would say. I don't know if you would agree with that, Adam. Um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely uh definitely some attempts to reframe things in this movie and it's uh so i don't know what, yeah. what was your what, what did you think of it i enjoy it for, i would say i enjoyed the movie first of all it's it's a solid you know kind of action thriller type movie i, I but it's it's definitely a case where you can feel they're turning it from a single movie into a franchise basically you can feel these formulaic elements you know mm. you mentioned you know, how Holbrook, it's like, in the first movie, he butts heads with his superiors a lot, but it feels like 
they're their own people. It's like you understand where they're coming from, even if you don't agree with them. They're either just doing their job or whatever. There's even some sympathy from his superiors towards him. They're like, they kind of understand what he's doing, yeah. but they're like, you know, you can't do this. Whereas, you know, Hal Holbrook is just boom. He's the the hard ass superior who's gonna crack down on our hero. Yeah. And like that's it. At least for obviously there's more going on than that. But which only makes it make less sense the deeper you get it but uh it yeah i mean elements like that felt uh you know and also just the idea of well harry's this vigilante and people aren't sure if he's good or not how about if we make some really bad vigilante so he doesn't look so bad yeah but, uh it's i don't know i mean i i don't think that in, they really handled it that well it's an interesting idea and i think they could have if they if they hit it out of the park, this movie would be as good as yeah. the first movie. But it, it felt it felt like they came up with the idea, but never quite really figured out a way to make it into something dramatic in the movie. Yeah, I mean, so I I do enjoy this movie, but I think there's a lot of warranted criticisms of the film. Like it's yeah. not like I said, the first Dirty Harry movie is a really solid, good movie that's well crafted. That, yes, I and, agree completely. And uh, and it's tight, and like the themes are tight. Like you don't you don't question the themes. This one you watch it, and you're like, wait, if this is the theme, what is? <laughs> it? it sort of doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense, and it feels like there's more cooks involved in this one, maybe. And, and that, I, I think it that is definitely part of yeah. it. I mean, it feels like they came up with an, and apparently that's the case i mean milius who i think we mentioned in the last yeah. podcast wrote this and john milius apparently had a much more concrete thing he was doing and he was very unhappy mm. with the final result of the movie well, so and and i guess there's also a lot of confusion like ted post directed it but there's a lot of rumor when i you know like, and again it was very much rumor it wasn't anything that i i was able to find concrete information on but i heard it from a lot of people when i was digging into this film that yeah. that uh, Clint Eastwood did a, either did a lot of directing or had a lot of creative control, and that that might have caught. Do you know it, what I mean? Because I in the, came in, across anecdotes on that yeah. too. Yeah, because yeah. I guess in the first Dirty Harry movie, Clint Eastwood didn't want him to throw the badge. He wanted him to think about throwing it and then putting it back because he wanted yeah. the character to be able to go on. And they eventually talked him into the idea of throwing the badge, which makes, which without that, the movie loses tremendous, tremendous amount. So I, yeah. I, I, so I feel like maybe there was less clashing with the director here that there might, you know, there might've been going on with Siegel and Siegel had more of a concrete vision and this maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I yeah, don't want to say. I, I, I definitely agree. It feels like the director didn't have a concrete vision because yeah, yeah I, I, basically he kind of let all these elements just kind of, sit where they sat and that was it but yeah as far as eastwood goes i know the whole uh you know girl downstairs who uh who seduces him thing was an eastwood yeah addition well you, so, what's which, fun which apparently milius i read really i think it was milius really hated it because he was yeah. like he's this lonely bitter man and giving him these groupies it just ruins the character completely i and, think so here's my thinking on that i feel like if this was like a tight and airtight sequel and there were no other Dirty Harry movies, I feel like that would be that would make sense. Like you wouldn't want him to have a love interest. I feel like because mm -hmm. they do turn it into a movie series where it's it's more in the domain of like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and stuff like that yeah. at this point. I'm yeah. I'm pretty okay with it. I also think it's kind of interesting because 
so much of this movie is a response to the criticisms of the first movie. So it's like, uh-huh. well, you know, Dirty Harry is regressive. He's this, he's that. It's like, no, he's, you know, he's into free love. He's willing yeah. to have interracial <laughs> yeah. relationships. He is yeah. totally against this fascist development within the police force that wants to just, you know, go around executing criminals, uh, you know, yeah. that have been, you know, released by the justice system. So it, it, it's interesting. It's it's for all of the critiques that I think are valid of it. There's something really glorious about the movie when you watch it where it's just it's just like a time capsule of a film do you mean where like yeah uh, oh it is i i was thinking about all those things watching it i mean you really can see the social developments of the time kind of pushing on this script you know it's like people act like it's something new that like oh all these political things are affecting movies it's like no it's true all through history yeah uh, it's just different forces at work yeah, though I do think there's something about the way they were handled in these time periods where the, again, the, the uh, I don't get, like, sometimes when I see a modern movie, the political message is a little too, uh, it's the main course. And with, yeah. with the Dirty Harry movie, it's in there, but there's like a, there's a yarn yeah. that's the main this, course. Um, yeah, this is, this isn't basically that's that's why you know these things really matter because yeah. first basically ted post wanted to make kind of an action thriller cop movie yeah. and everything else is just there that's yeah. why that's why it doesn't fit together yeah. well because he didn't even care about that part and i think the other thing too is it's such a confused political message at this point it in the doesn't series make any sense yeah. but but what's great is is as the series goes on you kind of <laughs> you, it's it's sort of like what it really becomes, I think, is how are we going to fit this character into this moment in history? Like that's that's sort of the problem that they're addressing uh-huh. in each movie. And every movie, different regressions of the character emerge and different like advancements of the character emerge. And it's kind of interesting to watch. Um, so it's, a little, it's a little like James Bond over the yeah. years where they have to they have to play with him every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But, though yeah. I think James Bond has done a pretty good... I mean, maybe... I haven't seen the more recent movies, but I feel like James Bond has stayed James Bond. Pre- like, like, in terms of... I don't think I've ever seen the man use a condom. Do you know what I mean? Like, things like that. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I haven't seen any since Casino Royale. So I, That was the I've last one like... I saw. That was the last yeah. one I saw. Oh, I saw Skyfall. I did see Skyfall. Okay. Um, yeah, I I'm not a huge James Bond fan, so it's like it's I I watched a lot of them when I was a kid, but as an adult, I've watched barely any of them. So I uh, well, I, I have no, I really don't have a good good okay. feeling on what they're doing with it now. But. I I feel like if I I feel like Dirty Harry is actually a more progressive character than James Bond in a lot of ways because James Bond. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like James Bond has stayed very the same from beginning to end. I. I would agree, yeah, based purely on these couple of movies. Well, I mean, the one thing, one difference too is that James Bond doesn't really have any kind of agenda at all rather yeah. than doing his job. It's yeah. like he's a guy, he's an agent. That's what he yeah. is. He's this weapon that goes in and does things. And whereas the, the, the fact is, Dirty Harry's whole conflict is that he isn't just a cop who's just going to do what his superiors tell him. Yeah. And that's where everything comes from. So, they, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a fundamental difference there. But like, and like I said, the last episode, the, the way I would put it is the first movie is this great film and the series of films, starting with Magnum Force, mm-hmm. is where it just becomes kind of a fun, entertaining 
series. Yeah. Uh, and that's how yeah, I took it. I yeah. kind of, I kind of, you're, you're, you prepared me for that. Yeah. So I just, I just went like, in for the ride. Like, it's a good ride. All these things were running through my mind watching the movie, but not in the way where it was ruining it. I'm just kind of yeah. filing things away. But I, th I think a perfect scene for that is the Charlie McCoy scene when he meets his friend, Charlie McCoy, who we didn't know he was friends with for so long, but we learned this in this, uh, you know, yeah. and, and he gets out of the car and he's just fuming about it, It's, it's like overacting number one, but it's also like delicious overacting. Like it just, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it was just, uh, he almost reminded me of Brian Cranston. Uh, when he was in that, in that moment, do you know what I mean? He had, there yeah, was something yeah. about that where he was this bitter, angry man that you know <laughs> is going through a midlife crisis, and 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 he's kind of a decoy because we're supposed to think that he's the one committing these yeah. these murders, and it turns out to be these young rookies that are all basically Dirty Harry fans. So there's like it's also one of the first movies. I mean, it's, it might not be the one of the first movies, but it's one of the first movies I'm aware of where it's that meta about. We're actually gonna like these rookies are a stand-in for for Dirty Harry fans. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. I yeah, I uh, I instantly suspected them. That was that that just hit me right. Mm. Obviously, I was tipped off to the fact there was gonna be a squad of some kind. And I thought, yeah. oh, these guys must be the squad of okay. Uh, of, so that uh, well, plus we already knew at that point there were people in police uniforms doing this. So it it, it kind of came together for me. Not that it ruined the movie in any way. It's not like it's a big whodunit or anything, yeah. so it didn't. Well, you know what's funny? Mo movies before the age of spoilers, it doesn't matter if the surprise is. It's not like the surprise is the point. It, it, you know, they they it do. Depends. Yeah. It depends. To be honest, I'd say there are there are old movies where I think being spoiled on them does affect your enjoyment. Well, I guess I like mean, what, can... like the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari or Carnival of Lost Souls, you kind of need to be surprised by, but. But what I mean yeah, is, yeah, okay. Well, I guess the yeah. question: Do you need to, or does it enhance the yeah. movie? Like Psycho, you can know the spoilers. You know, both spo big spoilers yeah. in the movie. But if you don't, it's really great. If that's you actually true. Get to be surprised by those. But also, that's I guess what I guess what I'm saying is like there are movies that we like. There are movies that came out after a certain period where we do not reveal what happened in those movies, so we don't spoil them for people. But growing yeah. up. I knew before I was even able to speak the twist in Psycho. Do you know what I mean? Just like that was just like, oh, me too. yeah, yeah. My, my mother is a movie buff who loves to tell people the endings of movies. Mm. So it's like I knew that I, you know, basically by the time I was three, I knew the ending of every movie made before 1975. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> and, and this is a movie where it's it would be maybe more interesting if you didn't know and if you didn't have information going in to see yeah. how thrown off you are because they do do I mean if you just look at it in terms of the placement of things they do a good job of having Charlie McCoy the decoy be like a, yeah. um you know he he's one he he's a patrolman just like them he's a traffic cop that drives a motorcycle and and they establish that he like wants to go around murdering criminals so they 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 yeah. do all this stuff to set him up as the guy um, but then by the time we get to the scene where he gets killed, it's clear, it's crystal clear that that's not the case. And even before then, it's pretty obvious that something else is afoot. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, so, so I don't, I, what about the, the Hal Holbrook character? Cause you had mentioned it is a little bit weird that he's so, he's kind of like, it, it's sort of become a staple in the genre where like the Lieutenant of the Captain is like, sometimes for no reason at all, just kind of against the rogue cop like hero yeah. do you know what i mean like even if the rogue cop is like 
doing everything he's supposed to do. There's like a there's tension between those two characters. But here it's 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 it it, it feels when you first start watching the movie like the tension comes out of nowhere because in the previous film all of his superiors were at least like it, it was a more plausible type of scenario where they weren't diametrically opposed to him for whatever reason. And yeah. And uh and this character is just right out of the bat he's sort of presented as somebody who never used his gun to for to, in in duty. He's probably somebody that doesn't believe in violence and that sort of thing. He's probably the opposite of Dirty Harry. And so that is what initially explains the conflict between them. But then it turns out he's actually in charge of of this whole <laughs> death, squad. death squad. And so uh Yeah, and you wonder why why was he opposed to Harry? Why why didn't he try to recruit Harry? Why wasn't he yeah. well, I mean, they, all these questions just yeah. arise. It just doesn't Well and they did it feel, try it feels like separate it feels like separate drafts. Like it yeah. does going back to the multiple writers thing, it feels like at some point they had the hard ass lieutenant who was just an obstacle, not the bad guy. Mm. And then they forgot to change his dialogue after uh, they decided let's make him the head yeah. of the squad. Though I will say if you watch how Hallbrook's performance, it will uh-huh. be obvious that 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 what's going like you can see in his performance that his character is aware of what he's doing the whole time. Yeah, you know I mean? he dips uh, his hand with his yeah. performance, definitely. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, which, I mean, it could be taken as good or bad, but I, uh, it, he, he does give the game away to an extent. And the uh, and they do try to recruit him, but it's so brief. Like, there's that scene in the parking garage, which I guess is the yeah, recruitment scene. Yeah, but that scene. was, again, that was after yeah. these guys hated him and been a jerk yeah. to him. He's like, he's like but, when he was forming the squad, he would, like Harry would be a guy we'd approach and go, yeah. hey, looking to get tougher on crime here so here here's my here's what i've come up with here's my my theory. okay uh is Brendan's head cannon corner well, well this is and this isn't like a crazy theory this is pretty middle oh, of the road i think over. but my Can thinking is little... he didn't know if he could trust harry because he you know he knew he knew harry's uh history probably he knew about him but maybe he didn't know how far harry would be willing to go but he might have taken inspiration from harry and used that to assemble the death squad but continued to behave that way towards harry in order to throw off any suspicion of what he was doing do you know what i mean it was sort of like mm-hmm. a he protested mm-hmm. too much type thing i you know is, is yeah what I was thinking. yeah you uh, could go with that um i i don't know it's, it's one of those things like I, what you're saying makes sense and it could be a one but I, I feel like it's not a very good dramatic it, it definitely thing, feels you know? it definitely <laughs> It definitely the thing of the problem with that theory is even though that theory makes sense, it's never explicitly stated that that's the that's what he's doing, and you have to think about it at least one minor like it it's not immediately apparent that that's what he's doing. So yeah, uh, but but my guess is that is what is supposed to be the case. Um, I feel like I feel like if you put the screenplay had gone through one more good draft, I feel like you could have made an interesting conflict friendship relationship with those two characters going through the whole movie that would have made the ending more interesting because that's the other because this guy is just played as a villain on every level through the whole movie it's not there's nothing there's nothing sympathetic about this guy or even really all that i mean and i feel like i'm i feel like it sounds like i'm attacking holbrook's performance because he does fine in it Mm. but he's not an interesting character really and, he's, uh, he's a he's a foil. He's a foil for Dirty Harry. Yeah, he's purely a foil. You know, as opposed to the first movie, where the villain the villain is 
amazing yeah. and not he's really not sympathetic in any way i want to steer away from sympathetic but he's really fascinating you know yeah. really holds your and attention and he's filled with contradictions and all kinds of things like there's just you, yeah. you, you these there's a mystery to him and the Hall, the Hallbrook character i mean i won't say i think he's an interesting villain but he's a very bureaucratic villain and so it's mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's not it's a very the the thing that makes him work is the energy he gives to the film by being in opposition to Dirty Harry. It's it, and it's a very mm-hmm. simple device. It's, and it, and it's not yeah. as good. As, it's definitely not as good as the the relationship between Dirty Harry and Scorpio in the first movie. Um, yeah, but I think it's also a kind of a natural byproduct of the type of thing they're doing. Where there's not just in the first movie there was one villain, and this one there's multiple villains. There's multiple bad guys, and yeah. It's more of a, it's more of an idea than a person. Do you know what I mean? It's more of like a, um, mm-hmm. and like, cause I was thinking about it. If they had fleshed out the Hallbrook character more, that might've been interesting, but this is like the longest dirty Harry movie there is. And oh, I really? don't, yeah. And I don't, I, I feel like the movie would have dragged if we got more information, like, cause like what's motivating Hall? Like did somebody murder his family? Like what happened to make this guy who I'm assuming was kind of like a liberal, you know, let the system work type of person. At least that's what yeah. we're presented with initially. That's obviously a part of who he is, but he suddenly, yeah. he suddenly made this pivot into things have gotten too chaotic and we need to, we need to, you know, I, I do, I do really want to know why that's the case with that character because he, it's it, there's well, never any glimmer of what the reason is that i mean yeah that's a good a good a good part like with it with me talking about like harry and holbrook's character having more of a connection through the movie if they had given them more of an actual philosophical conflict or something you could have seen given harry a chance to define yeah more specifically what the line too far was whereas as 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 he's just an issue, as we only get like he, him finding out about it being too far, whatever. Right. I feel like I feel like they could have flirted with the idea. We should have wondered at some point in the movie was Harry going to join up with these people? I mean, yeah. we're talking about an entirely different movie, but <laughs> once once you're rewriting the movie, you're kind of going beyond reviewing. Well, but I just feel like that's what would have made this movie more than just a solid a solid uh, cop movie. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I think, again, one of the problems with the movie is because it's so long and it has so many parts in it and so many pieces. Like, mm-hmm. when I th- sit down and think, well, how would I rewrite... Like, one thought I had was you could get rid of the Charlie McCoy character and kind of fuse that with the Hallbrook character and make them uh-huh. long, you know, like, established friends and some, you know, ha- yeah. you know, where you can get some of the Hallbrook backstory in the scene where Harry goes to his wife and what... You know what I mean? And... uh but again, there's so much in the movie that that it feels like that would be complicated to do. Do you know what I mean? Like those kind of. I, I feel like this is much more yeah. in schlocky territory, and it just kind of has to reside there. It's uh, it, yeah. It, it, if if that makes yeah. sense. Um, no, you have you have to clean up a lot with this movie to elevate it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm like one of the other issues that makes it feel cluttered. Like I already brought up the the neighbor that that he sleeps with, and it's. It's weird because you have the thing with Charlie's wife and kind of the flirtation with that and then her moving and kind of leaving him. But it feels like if the neighbor character was in it, that would be more resonant because this lonely guy 
and this was kind of his one fleeting chance. But the fact they kind of threw in this other girl who's throwing himself at him, it's like, well, why and they're all it... they're all hitting on him. They're all they're all coming yeah. on to him. What's funny is it, I. It, yeah, so wow. I feel like those are from different writers in different drafts that kind of got got hedged together there. I, I've wondered about that too. I think it's either that or it's like there was supposed to be a theme and those were supposed to connect somehow and they never quite connected. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's 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 because because like I guess like you were saying like the reason why that neighbor is in there is because of Clint Eastwood and I guess the reason Clint yeah. Eastwood wanted to do it was he was getting letters. One story I heard is that actually a lot of letters were coming from fans in Asia. So it was a lot of Asian female uh, fans writing to Clint Eastwood saying they wanted him to have a love interest, but they wanted the woman yeah. to come on to him. And, yeah, yeah, and I so, the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's why the the they have the woman who's an, you know an, an Asian character uh, come on to him. Uh, but I think it's also why Charlie McCoy's wife comes on to him. Um, but also even the character even. Like, you know, the scene when he's disarming the mailbox mm-hmm. and there's the guy that comes downstairs who I think is gay. He's sort of he seems to be a gay character. I'm not 100 percent. Yeah, sure. I think that was what they were but, going for. But he invokes the same line that the lady next door invoked where he says, oh, the cop upstairs. And I and I realized watching it this time, he was kind of flirting with Harry when he said. Yeah. That. Oh, I and definitely so, saw. Yeah, that. that's what like that's how I took it. So I think this is a movie where like like ever like. They have the gay neighbor, the the lady neighbor, and his friend's wife uh, all coming on to him, and it's it's a little bit like you said. On the one hand, it it sort of goes against the whole lo- like it it does something to the lonely character. On the other hand, it's it's very interesting. It's like it's it's oh, it's, 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 it's fine in it of itself. Yeah. It's, it's just that having those two things together, yeah. it's like if they wanted to go that direction the other plot yeah. line they should have just jettisoned that it's yeah. like or not completely jettisoned but at least taken the romantic element yeah. out of that because it just doesn't land land with this other yeah. stuff going on in the movie so yeah. so and i will say this i did like the relationship between him and the neighbor i thought that was good like like yeah there was it, nothing in, in of itself there's nothing wrong with those scenes they're mm. fine it's just in the context of the larger movie they yeah. become an issue but in terms of a series is where i think it makes sense because if you want the only problem uh-huh. is i mean spoilers that lady is not in the next movie i'm, I'm, I'm assuming the, uh-huh. bo- the bomb situation frightened her away and into yeah. in, you know from yeah. from being involved in cops but uh yeah. uh but she's not in the in the next movie. I thought if they had continued with her in the next movie, that would have been, for me, that would have been more, that would have justified more of what we see of her in this film, if that makes sense. Because then you'd have like this relationship that plays out over the course of the series. Um, yeah. But it's a little bit more like James Bond, where it's like a new woman every, every thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, every and, franchise yeah. did that back in those days. Yeah. Used to, yeah, <laughs> even through the 80s, pretty yeah. much. But uh, but also, I think it's, you know, again, this is a movie where the, I feel like they're trying to establish that Dirty Harry is much more a much more evolved guy than people oh, would assume. Everything. I, yeah. Yeah. Everything. I mean, yeah, they're clearly setting this up to be an ongoing franchise. It's not yeah. just how can we get a sequel out of this? How can we how can we reshape this whole yeah. engine into being something we can get another? However, how many movies did they get out of it? Five. But uh they they got five movies, but a lot yeah. of people don't count the fifth movie as a proper Dirty <laughs> Harry film. 
Um, okay. Okay. And, and with good reason, I would say with good reason. Um, but even <laughs> that, like in, in its disastrous nature is kind of glorious to watch. It's, it's a similar type of thing where it's, it's the, it's the karate it, kid three. It's yeah. 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 Series. That's a good comparison. Well, <laughs> I don't even know if I could, there, there's some really weird stuff in the last dirty Harry movie that, that will leave you scratching your head. Um, okay. but you will not uh, forget that you saw it. Do you know, it's that kind you're of, really, you're really, you're really pushing hard yeah. for more, more yeah. continue the series. Well, well, here's what I'll say. The yeah. next movie in the series is actually my, like barring the first one is actually my favorite. I like the third one. Okay. The no, I want to continue uh, with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just joking. I have no but, reluctance about, about continuing this. It's, it's a really interesting but, uh, series to look back on. But, they establish that he is willing to have interracial relationship. He's willing to yep. uh, have free love, that he's not a vigilante. That's like very clear. Like he is not a vigilante in this movie, even though he's a vigilante in the first movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. he's, I guess I guess he's like a, a quasi vigilante. You know what it is? He has his own moral compass and and his co moral compass is supposed to be true north, I think. And and that which 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 is sort of what a vigilante is. But which is yeah. why, you know, but I, but I don't he's, know. It's, he's the vigilante with the heart of gold. Yeah. He, he's like the vigilante that knows the mind of God. I think that's, you know what I mean? It's like that kind of a thing yeah. where, where it's like, he, <laughs> he's the one vigilante that's always right. That's kind of how they're positioning him in this yeah. movie. Yeah, um, you can, you know, basically the message of this movie, it's okay for a guy to use his personal worldview to be a vigilante. But once you start institutionalizing it, it just turns sour. It's like you can't have these teams of vigilantes. It's like you've lost the soul of it. It's like well, corporate vigilantism. And I, and I guess in fairness, what they're doing is they are going a step beyond what he did, which was oh, he's sort are. of taking these decision points to himself during the... But but this is like, like you said, it's very institutionalized. Um, they also establish he doesn't... Like there's a line in there where he says, I don't care if the whole damn department is queer as long as they can shoot straight. And he uses... That's like the language they use from the time. But like he's... Basically, there's there's a scene where they're talking about the new rookie cops and his partner says, oh, I went through the police academy with them and everybody everybody thought that they were gay, basically, because they were always together. Yeah. And, and But what I read from that line is he was... They're basically saying, hey, Dirty Harry's also okay with people being gay or whatever all he cares about is if they yeah. can do their job basically um so yeah. there's all yeah. these little so things that was, that was, there, there was a lot of deliberate points where you could feel them kind of we're gonna yeah. <laughs> check off this little yeah. box here just in case you were worried yeah it's uh so yeah it's... so it's kind of a i i feel like and again if if we continue with this you'll see that they sometimes undermine all of the efforts they make in movies like this and <laughs> or sure yeah but but it feels like they're trying to sort of do damage control with the character and restore the character yeah. to something that's a little bit more heroic maybe or um yeah but but i mean he still is dirty harry like he still has those rough edges but i would say he's a little bit more he's sort of like you know like in lethal weapon in the first lethal weapon movie riggs is like this suicidal character that's uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. really dark. And by the second movie, he's more goofy than anything else. Yeah. You know, he's, he, he's, he's, he's a maverick. He's more like Tom Cruise. The first Cruise one, and... he, is, he is crazy. And the yeah. second one, he's comedy crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the wild guy at the party in the second movie. Yeah. And we, we get something a little bit similar here where Dirty Harry is, he's still gritty and still, 
rough around the edges and 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 and, and bristles at, at authority, but mm-hmm. but he's he's comfortably part of the system. He doesn't. We don't. We don't have any more of those scenes where he says the law is crazy or you know where he he displays just complete ignorance of the law and and you know what I mean it's it's a yeah. it's a very different type of character and also he's we just see more of him doing the things that he needs to do in order to be a good cop we see him like training at the shooting range we see him interacting with other police officers we see him checking in on Charles McCoy's family to see what's going on when Char- with Charlie McCoy when he fight when he realizes he's possibly unhinged so yeah. you know he's just he's a more stable character yeah, in this film yeah, the whole, you know, shooting competition thing. It was just like, that felt like a really unhairy like thing to yeah. participate in. <laughs> you know, just like the guy from the first movie, he'd be like, I'm not, this is a game. I'm not going to yeah. go play some dumb shooting game. Yeah. Get my shooting practice on the streets. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing. Yeah, because you don't imagine, like, the, the Dirty Harry in the first movie, I don't think he cares about trophies and prizes, right? Like, it just doesn't seem like it would no, be his I thing. No, I didn't see him caring at yeah. all. And, it, and in this one, it's like it's like it, and it all had the feel of like a like a soccer game from elementary school. Do you know what I mean? It was just very. Yeah, uh, it was strange. And I think <laughs> I think the whole purpose, obviously, they did that so he could get the slug to match against the um, thing. And also so they yeah. could have that scene where he shoots where they have the 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 bullseye uh, segment of the of the of the competition. And they have like the little. The cardboard cuts out cutouts of people coming out and he shoots the cop at the very end yeah and the person's like hey that's the good guy and he doesn't say anything so it's like he obviously yeah. did it on purpose um yeah but yeah well, it's, uh... <laughs> but, but yeah it, it was it was interesting actually when the when the first shooting range scene came up the one where he meets all the guys in the squad you know it's like yeah, when he shows up there and he's like, oh, I didn't think there'd be anyone else here. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Harry would show up when no one else is there. And it's like, I like to come here late to practice for the competition. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny. So I was like, and it just went from being up completely in character to what is happening? And, and then we find out that he's like an institution at the competition, that he's won like yeah. every year. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it really softens the character. And again, maybe that is a good thing for the series. But it takes away from the like the the first movie. He was such a dark character, and it was yeah. And it's also did you notice? Like I feel like after the first movie, the hair never quite looks right. Like in the in the first film, his hair has a certain look. He's almost got like a Wolverine type hairdo going on. Maybe it's they were using Technicolor, and now they're not using Technicolor. I don't know, but his oh. I, I I feel like in every subsequent film, the hair just never quite looks right compared to the first movie i didn't think about his hair as okay much, I, so. I, I i here's one thing i'll say if you like if 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 you want to see like <laughs> glorious heads of hair 70s cop movies are the place to like there's something about yeah 70s no the movies. hair is good i just i didn't think about that level i agree yeah. with you on the uh the fantastic what when you get a chance hair, between but... this and the next film go and look at like some stills of his of, of the first movie and compare okay. them to this one and just tell me if you think I'm crazy or not for I just feel like there's oh, something I'll tell wrong. you yeah I feel like his hair was even more red in the first movie and in this one it's more of like a dun color you know it's just I don't know something something feels off about the hair um yeah I mean the color there probably is a color difference I mean it wouldn't 
But we also get another scene of him eating all American food right before he uh, puts a bad guy away. And this time it's a um, so in the first movie, it was a bank robbery while he's eating a hot dog. And in this movie, he's eating a hamburger and he has to stop terrorists from taking over a plane. It's got nothing to do with the plot of the movie, but it's just a moment in the film where we yeah. get to see him being dirty Harry. Um, I don't know. What did you think of that well, sequence? Very, very much like the kind of scene that they were evoking in the uh, Naked Gun movies. <laughs> yeah. It was just this random. Oh, I'm on the scene. I'm yeah. going to do something because I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah. It's it just felt like Frank Drebin should be doing this, but it all would go bad. But uh, yeah, the other thing. I mean, yeah, the, the food thing. Having him have the burger in his hand and stuff it it really added to that we're we're making a series now what yeah. what's harry's trademark thing and he, from the first movie he's a guy who eats food yeah we're gonna have him eat food in every movie because <laughs> they even have a comment from his uh partner later in the movie it's like what even are you know i forget what the comment was now but so oh, it was like how can appetite. you eat how can you eat yeah. after watching well, that Actually, no, there was more than that. There was uh, another comment later in the movie, too, about where he's kidding him about how he likes to eat all the mm. time. But I've forgotten the actual uh, dialogue. But yeah, but it, yeah, it is definitely a thing. And, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's also like the bank robbery scene was so quick because it was a bank robbery. But in this one, he has to actually yeah. get on the plane. He's got to trick the terrorists and then he's got to confront. <laughs> so it actually, it's like a sink. It takes like 10 or 15 minutes just to get through this, like one little beat. That's a reference to a smaller beat in the first movie. Um, yeah. I, I did yeah. like how they had him shoot the guy through the wall. I thought that was a clever moment. I liked that part of the, that, the sequence. that actually, I really like that shot. Yeah. I think that was almost directly done that way in Miller's Crossing. There's the scene where he shoots the guy yeah. through the wall at Miller's Crossing. And I was like, wow, I've never known where that came from. That's got to be a reference. And so. the guy looks like Ron Jeremy that he shoots, too. It's not Ron Jeremy, <laughs> but it looks just like Ron Jeremy. Uh, it's so much so that when I, when I did my little uh, uh, Dirty Harry review over the summer, I, I actually mm -hmm. looked up if Ron Jeremy was in this movie because I was like, oh, it could have been a young Ron Jeremy in a Dirty Harry movie before yeah. he got into adult movies or something. So it could uh, be, it could be. But uh, but yeah, so that sequence. Um, the other thing, I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that the guy who played the pimp was the same guy who was? Uh, Do you feel lucky, punk, at the bank robbery? No, I didn't pick up on that. Actually. Yeah, that, that oh. is that is Albert Popwell, and he plays a new character in every. I maybe not the fifth <laughs> movie, but in one in one through four, he plays a new character, and he kind of gets upgraded. Like his roles get more and more important as they go oh, okay. on. Okay, and uh, I'll keep my eyes open yeah. in the future, then. And it's and it's a wonderful yeah. thing for like fanfic. If you want to like write like a fanfic about, I don't know the you know quadruplets who are all these you know different characters in the dirty harry movies uh yeah no i uh but yeah he's good in both movies so i uh and and it's also got the, this movie has the drano scene um which yeah. is you know yeah. which which comes up in other films that's you know one of the reasons why you know that's notable and and apparently that's another one of the scenes that kind of pissed off john milius um because in his original script that wasn't actually on screen. That was just mentioned when they're in the morgue, but in the movie, they actually show it. Um, and he thought it was more effective to not show it and to just have them mention it. Yeah. Well, also the way they mentioned it too, it wasn't that the, like basically, yeah. when the guy it was when the pimp himself was in the morgue, you know, yeah. Harry mentions, uh, 
mentions that that one of his girls was found a few weeks ago with the Drano. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think from a standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, it means that you're you're giving some characterization motivation to Harry too at, yeah. at that point, whereas uh, that kind of gets lost by taking taking the story and moving it somewhere else. But yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I, that, that really isn't something that was, uh, of all the things I'm going to complain about in this movie, that was a minor one for me. Well, and, and overall, uh, I thought that scene was good. The woman who played the prostitute. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? done well. I, I uh, don't have a problem with the scene aside from it. Well, I mean, it, it's an unpleasant scene. Yeah. No question. No, it's but, it's definitely, un- but it's very well acted. Like the, um, the yeah. Mar- Margaret Avery played the prostitute. And what I liked about her was, she only had a few short moments to convey the personality of this character. And she really convinced me of like a much deeper personality that just from like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, and I thought Albert Popwell did a really good job. Like when he's not convinced that she's giving him all of his money, just the, the expressions on his face and all of that. He just had like a, uh, no, that, that whole scene, it just, there's just a lot of drama. You feel like there's a backstory hmm. there. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it really works, and I mean, I, I was I was wondering if the character would it would be important in the movie from that standpoint. Yeah, but no, both <laughs> both are, shot. are dead very quickly and soon. It's so a, yeah. The scene that didn't work for me the most actually is a really odd one. It's the um, it's the Chinese food eating scene where the uh, where the what what was the criminal's name? Palacio, Palacio. Palancio, uh, I can't remember. Forgotten now. I actually saw this a few days ago, so I'm a little. Uh, yeah, I wish. I, hold on, let me see if they got his. Uh, uh, his. Palancio, Palancio, Frank Palancio. So Frank Palancio, he's taking these little dainty bites of the food, and it just doesn't. That's not how you eat that kind of food. It just didn't. It. it, it didn't work for me. That 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 is one that's of the most an acting thing. Yeah, it it really no, bothered too me. Too much food in your mouth. Yeah, that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. It really bothered me that he was yeah. taking these little itty bitty pieces of the of the food and eating it that way. Um, but, no, I mean it's a it's a, it's a trick that works great on stage if you're on stage because no one can see how much food you're stuffing in your mouth. Mm. But like, yeah, I I actually wasn't didn't catch that. I wasn't wasn't paying attention to that. It, but, it, uh, I only noticed it like the second time I watched it. You know, it was like a yeah. You know, but it but it it's did a, bother it's me to more. avoid getting a scene like uh, the steward of Gondor and the uh, Return of the King <laughs> where he's eating the tomatoes. That's yeah. that's what you're trying to avoid by having that, the dainty bites. Well, I feel like they can just edit around, like show them oh, taking mouthfuls and then edit it to them with a, with a clean mouth if they're worried about that. But yeah. It's just like, that's not how you eat. I don't know if he was eating lo mein or what, but it just didn't, he he wasn't eating yeah. it right. Um, kind of thing, and they probably ordered that food three hours before yeah. it was like sitting there on the set. So that would be another reason to want to take yeah. dainty bites. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but uh, yeah, the other thing that I, I, I think is noteworthy is there is something to be said for movies that were made before power steering was really a thing and they have chase scenes and you have these big giant yeah. wheels and you really have to yeah. put the work into spinning the wheel. Uh, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the fact too, that I mean, back then at least car chases were car chases. They weren't CGI or because yeah. CGI car chases rarely work. You just don't have that. Impact. I mean, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's like, 
it's funny because by the end of the 80s, I just hated car chases because they were so omnipresent for yeah. my entire lifetime that I never want to see. But now when I see an old car chase, I'm like, wow, this is great. Just the physicality. It's like, you know, taken in moderation, you just can't beat an old yeah. 70s, 80s. Car I mean, chase. a good car chase can really work, and uh, you know, th th yeah, this one has this one has some good ones, and I think, uh, and like you said, if you when you're so used to things being CGI, and then you go back and you have this really great, just real car chase scene, you know, it, and and I and it might look a little bit hokey to people because of the way it's you know they're not filmed in a very stylish stylishly edited way. But one benefit yeah. of not filming them that way is you can see everything that's happening. You know when they're yeah. when they're you know they're not pulling these tricks where it's like a really fast close up shot of something and then a, you know you you can see more of the actual movement of the vehicles and you know what the vehicle is actually doing and mm -hmm. you feel like there's less wool being pulled over your eyes as a result. Um, so yeah, I, I I like the and again. According to Milius, he didn't want those chase scenes in there. This was not meant to be that type well, of a movie. Uh, what I read, it was the final, yeah. Well, the final one. We just left. The final one was the big one. The whole, well, actually, the whole aircraft carrier scene. I, I, I think he had a completely. He wanted a more dramatic ending, not a big. I have to say, I agree ending. with him. That was a pretty lame. As, as dirty Harry movies I'm go. I have to hear you say yeah. that. I found the conclusion boring to an extent. Yeah. It just wasn't compared to the typical action of these movies. It was weak and. The, also, the abrupt ending didn't work for me in this movie. It's like it wasn't yeah. like it ruined it, but it's like, you know, I going back to the throwing away the badge thing. It's like that just put this punctuation mark on the end of the movie, yeah. and the movie was done. Whereas here, it's like, okay, he just shot a whole bunch of cops, and what happens now? And, yeah. Oh, it's over. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it felt too abrupt for me. And it was weird too. I and I feel like that scene could have been better because. The whole thing is he's not really dealing with the cops with guns, if I remember. Like, he's dealing with them with his bare hands at a certain point. He literally, like, uh -huh. bashes. That would have been cool if they really highlighted the savagery of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there was yeah. something where it's like... Because, yeah. number one, it would kind of tie back to the first movie where we're seeing this emotional crossing of the line. And we're getting yeah. back to the character. Like, okay, yeah, there is something broken about this guy. There is something going on. But also, yeah. it would have been very personal for him. Do you know what I mean? It would have been like... Uh, yeah, there was, I, it, no, there was no emotional heft to anything yeah. in that final scene. I mean, it, it was just, I was just like, okay, he's going to going to yeah. kill everybody. And, you know, and he, the cute little trick yeah. he did with Hal Holbrook at the end was, was kind of fun. But yeah, they, it's that. that but, you but, know, I, I, they, 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 taking out the guys in the squad just felt kind of perfunctory to me. I just wasn't very involved in it. And the thing is, because you're kind of already a little bored by the time the neat little trick happens, it's not even that. You're just kind of like, okay, yeah. like, can we get this over with? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like I, wanted, I was ready for the movie to be over, but it also still didn't feel complete. So it, it was it was kind of had I problems agree. in both ways. I, think, I, I, I enjoyed the movie overall to the point that the week ending, I still, I still felt pretty good about the movie when it was done. It was just like, all right. I think the the movie is interesting in that it number one it's like a, it's an it's an it's a, it's 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 a nice interesting fun cop movie and it's 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 entertaining yeah. in a lot of ways and it's over the top uh, and it has some interesting conversation pieces in it in relation to the yeah. first movie um, and it's got some you know scenes that are kind of like double take scenes you're like oh did that guy just do that sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, 
and it and it has these like again that Charlie McCoy character when he first shows up that performance just I don't know why I love it but it's like I remember I had like a I had a bitter uh family member who was kind of like that he wasn't a cop or anything but he just was one of these people that was angry at the world and would go on yeah. these rants and it just felt like that type of person who was like this guy is unhinged he's ready to you know it, it, yeah it, it really it really worked um but the uh the the last part of the movie i think is the weakest part that that chase scene doesn't work and i don't know i feel like i feel like um the time for him to confront those guys is in when they were in the parking lot trying to recruit him i feel like that would have been a better moment or soon after like they yeah. you know things immediately go crazy as soon as hal hallbrook shows up and there's a big something i don't know something that it just felt too long and um and yeah, and I, and I think too, the only part that I did like about that final sequence is, is the way that Hal Hallbrook goes from cleaning off his glasses to pulling out his gun. Something about, something about that transition I always find amusing, but yeah. that's about, that's yeah. about all that I enjoy in that scene. And also it's so, it's so painfully obvious that it's Hal Hallbrook at that point. I, I feel like there should have been more red herrings in there. So there, ju there just wasn't enough. S yeah. distraction thrown in or something i don't know um, yeah i agree and i mean well as i said i i just the whole, i feel the whole character is kind of a, a mess in the way it was written i think i think you really need to read get that get get used to that get used to that as we watch the series <laughs> um, the, the, this is well, i was gonna say my final thought well, i guess I, i'm jumping to final thoughts here i guess but i uh my, 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 my big concluding thought on this one, we can continue afterwards, but just to get it out of the way, is that, uh, you know, that, um, well, I'll save it, actually. Go ahead. Okay. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, from, from here on out, Dirty Harry is a very inconsistent character from movie to movie, but that yeah. almost becomes the point of the series of what are we going to, and they almost play, and I, I think, I think in the, th the reason I like the third movie is they're more artful in how they play with that if that makes sense yeah. where they take yeah. him and they present him in a certain way and they allow him to evolve over the course of the movie. And I found that a little more interesting than this film where it's like, well, wait, why is he even against these guys? What's the, yeah. you know, like, okay, I can see why he's against these guys, I guess, but what does that now mean? Like, it just, there's just something, there's something that's just never quite fully believable about his opposition to these characters, given what he was doing in the first movie. And yeah. I think that that might be down to, I, I went and I, I looked at the, uh, the original quote by Siegel that I tried to, to, to mention last episode. I actually got it way wrong. What he was saying in that quote was, it seems like there was maybe a conflict of vision about what dirty Harry was between him and Clint Eastwood possibly. Yeah. But but what he was essentially saying is, Dirty Harry is, you're not supposed to think that any of the things he's doing in that movie is good. He's basically a ref like the scene where he says, um, where they say, uh, where he says that Scorpio likes killing, and they're like, well, how do you know, or something like that, and he walks yeah. away. It's because Dirty Harry likes killing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the you know yeah. you're not you're not supposed to you're not it's not supposed to be a good thing. The direction he's going, it's and 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 in this movie they have to backtrack so much, but if you back, but the problem is they still have to keep him as that character because that's, what's interesting about him. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like they, they backtrack, but they don't, they don't suck that out of the character. And then it becomes confusing. 
Does that yeah. does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. They're trying yeah. to do two things at once. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clear to yeah. me. It's, uh... <laughs> so so it's a mess in that respect, but it's a lot of fun in other ways. There's there's this team of rookie cops that are going around just slaughtering bad guys in ways that are kind of ridiculous. Like yeah, the fir- the first scene, okay, like there's a guy named Scarza who gets number one. That scene where Scarza gets off off from the trial where he murdered somebody and everybody's outraged. Yeah. When was the last time anybody was outraged about a mafia murder, right? Like, like I, that didn't make any sense yeah. to me either. I'd forgotten because yeah. that was the beginning of the movie. It yeah. slipped my mind. But uh, yeah, that was that was my exact thought. It's like, what what is going on? Because people were if angry. Was, they... if, it was, if it was a, a child murderer or something yes. like that, yeah, I could see a crowd out there being angry. But yeah, people, it's just like whatever. And so, uh, and so Scarza gets off. I think I forget if yeah. his name was Scarza or if, or if the person he killed was Scarza. Oh, it was Rika. Rika was the guy who gets killed, and Scarza is the person he murdered, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think you're right. So that scene is at least a little bit believable because it's one cop pulling over a car and then he shoots everybody. But then the second yeah. one, he goes up to a party at a mansion, presumably all criminals, yeah. if I remember, and he just starts machine gunning down everybody. And there are houses all over the place. You can see the neighbors. And he throws a smoke bomb that explodes into the pool. It's not It's not at all low-key. And there's no way there weren't witnesses that saw this this cop. You know, but well, again... It's, it's also like they were... I mean, I, I, don't, I was never clear on who those people were. But if they're organized crime, it's like... You're counting on the fact that none of them are armed or have security, yeah. and as one of you is going to go up there alone and start shooting, yeah. it just seems like a really good way to die. And he did have a high-powered weapon, but I mean, still, like, yeah, it, but... there were. It was obvious that if one person in that scene had a gun, they could have pulled it out and shot at him. And and it, uh, yeah, and hitting hitting all those people, even even yeah. with, with a high-powered weapon, is. Uh, it's, it's, but, I mean, you could. It's it's not impossible, but it's a lot to count on. No, it is. But I will say it was an entertaining sequence. And the same with it like, you know, yeah. So so it's that kind of a movie where it's totally ridiculous, but very entertaining. There's the scene yeah. in the in the store where um the where they where they're staking out because the store has been robbed a bunch of times and then the robbers yeah. show up, the three salty dudes. And, yeah. you know, that scene actually had a little bit of power to it. That scene was like maybe one of the scenes that kind of reminded me more of the first movie where it's really I agree on that. Yeah, yeah. That felt that did feel edgier than yeah. a lot of the movie. It, it was, uh, it felt edgier. It connected like it connect the first movie. You get this real sense of this dystopian world that Harry feels he's living in where criminals are just taking over the streets. And that was one of yeah. those scenes where it's like criminals are taking over the streets. And then there's all these added racial elements that are thrown in because the the cop Darty Harry's new partner is black and the the guy one of the salty dudes is definitely not down with black people it seems and so there's mm-hmm. this whole tense interaction between them and it's just I don't know the 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 rest of the criminals that they're dealing with in the movie are all mobsters and that's so that's that's not the kind of criminal you think of when you think of people being imperiled because the streets are overrunning with crime, if that makes sense. It, it, yeah. it, it just felt like, oh, this is like glamorous crime that they're dealing with. They're not dealing with like crime where there's like, you know, innocent people yeah. being killed in the streets type of a thing. We were, we were dealing like the, the bad guys in this movie were either, like you say, high profile criminals or they were cops that were bad yeah. guys. And either way, it, it creates, you're in a whole different environment. Yeah. 
than what you're thinking about in the first one. Yeah. But, but yeah, so there was yeah. that one scene. But again, that that one scene kind of feels like out of place in the course of the whole movie. You know what I mean? It mm, feels like yeah. it belongs in an, like there was another script that involved none of the other stuff that happened in the movie. And that's like the one <laughs> part that remained, you know what I mean? Survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so, but I don't know, any final thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the good thing about all the flaws in this movie, it's a movie that's enjoyable enough, even with its flaws, you don't feel like you're wasting your time yeah. watching it. When you're done, because it's got all these flaws, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. It's like, you can enjoy it and pick it. Yeah. Down. So. That, that that's a good way to put it the, the the movie as i said they're very well grounded criticisms of this movie but the critics the, the flaws that are criticized are the things that make it so easy to talk about so it's like uh yeah. it's 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 hard to watch this movie and not have a long conversation with people afterwards you know and yeah and, exactly so it's i think it's a win-win on that yeah. point it's it's just the right amount of good and bad yeah. And and it's such a bizarre plot too, like this death. You know, <laughs> the, 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 this, it is weird. Yeah, I, I will say the one thing I liked about that is my final thought is I thought selecting the motorcycle cops as the guys to represent like the the emerging like fascist vigilante force or unit yeah. was perfect because tr- motorcycle cops have so much gear that they have to wear and they have to wear leather and all this stuff that it really fit the whole these guys are like fascist type. Where it wouldn't yeah. have worked with a car cop as much, or you know what I mean, like a or it would have felt really different. Yeah, definitely. but these guys have yeah. the sunglasses. They got the little helmet. They got the the gear. They got everything. Just sort of feels very militaristic, and and I thought that it worked. Um, so I thought I thought that they were they were they were like cool bad guys, and it just kind of like it's almost one of these things where it's like it's a really great concept. It's just that it wasn't, it wasn't, it was yeah. Not, yeah. Don't uh, do its best potential. So the good news is the next movie is, is about women on the police force. And so we get to see a whole, we get to see Harry contend with, with, <laughs> oh, with, with boy. a, and I'll, I'll, I'll spill the beans. He gets a female partner. That's the big thing that happens in the next yeah. movie. So, uh, which I, I I don't know. You'll, you'll, if we get to it, you'll get to make your own, your own mind up about it. But I think, it's it's a little more interesting because in the in these two movies we're dealing with Harry is given like he has a black partner in the in this movie and he has I think like a, a Mexican partner in the in the first movie and mm-hmm. and all they're trying to establish basically is that he's okay with people like that do you know what I mean that he's not you know he's not racist or anything and and in the third movie they kind of go the different direction where it's like no Harry's not okay with having the female partner and that produces a lot of the dramatic you know, elements of the film. And yeah. I don't know, just and, and a lot of the chemistry arises out of that. So, uh, you know, if and when we get to it, we'll, uh, we'll comment on it then. But yeah, so the movie is, it's called Magnum Force is the name of the movie. It's the second Dirty Harry film. Um, I think it was originally going to be called something else. It was originally going to be called like Vigilante or Vigilantes or something like that. Um, you know, but I think they used Magnum Force just so that it was obvious that it was a Dirty Harry, uh, that it was connected to the Dirty Harry film. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll head out, and uh, until next time, we will talk to you later. <laughs>